Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at ValHeart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at ValHeart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Judith Truestone. She's an award-winning author, she's a journalist, she's an activist and a filmmaker, and certainly a kindred spirit. She's been a human rights activist for 54 years. Today we're highlighting her whimsical, delightful, The Cat's Secret Guide to Living with Humans, which was actually written by her cat, Angel, and allows us a glimpse into the wonderful world of felines and how they approach reducing stress. (laughs) Uh, Her expose of prisons, Selling America's Soul, Torture and Transformation in Our Prisons and Why We Should Care, has been called the best book in print that describes prison from every perspective and has been recommended by NPR and NAMI. Her documentaries are screened on PBS and at colleges and universities around the United States. Her workshops place a heavy emphasis on delight. With students in her creative writing classes in prison, she's founded the Global Kindness Revolution as an antidote to violence and a lack of civility. And to date, they've distributed more than 60,000 kindness cards around the world. And you can go to her website to order some more if you like. Uh, it is www.trustonekindness.com. T-R-U-S-T-O-N-E-K-I-N-D-N-E-S-S dot C-O-M. And today we're going to be talking about the potential and well-documented healing bond between two and four-leggeds, and how we can draw on our companions to help us solve challenges from a variety of dimensions. Welcome, Judith. Thank you so much for being with me. Oh, I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you. So tell me, how did you become a cat lover? I love your book, by the way. And again, everybody, that's The Cat's Secret Guide to Living with Humans. And it was written by Judith and her cat angel, the stress management cat. <laughs> very, very cute. So how how did this happen? Tell us how this how this happened. Well, I was always a dog person. All my life, I just loved dogs. In fact, I stopped believing in Santa Claus one year when I was five <laughs> because I really, really wanted a blonde cocker spaniel puppy, and I knew I was going to get it because I knew I'd been good. <laughs> And when I woke up on Christmas morning and there was no puppy, it's like my whole world just collapsed. And I said, there can't be a Santa Claus if there really was. 
um, you know, I would have gotten that puppy. I used to uh, just devour <laughs> the books by an author called Albert Payson Terhune, who wrote all the Collie books, Lad a Dog, and all those. And as a matter of fact, I recently got some of those at, a, at an old auction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I haven't I haven't reread them. I don't want to spoil the magic of my memory. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was always a dog person, and uh, you know, getting a collie was like the the height of my life when I was a kid. Wow. Um, and as a matter of fact, when I was a single mother with four little boys, I worked my way through college breeding toy poodles. Would you? I, I didn't know I, that. I once had nine puppies in my kitchen. Oh, my God. And I had a, and I had a little two-and-a-half-pound male, and I used to do stud service. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it, it, it generated enough income, and I was going to have a dog anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, then I was able to, you know, complete my education with the help from my four-legged friends. How so. wonderful. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I was... I was um, Living, I had moved out on my own finally when my my kids were a little bit older, and I had just moved into my own apartment, living by myself. It was so quiet, it was so free of noise and chaos. <clears throat> my son said to me, he was working in high school at a, a movie theater, and he had this adorable calico kitten that he gotten from somebody that he was keeping in the movie theater mm-hmm. and the owner said you've got to get rid of it or you're going to lose your job so he mm-hmm. said you know mom keep it for me just for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. so I kept the cat for a couple of weeks and I'm vacuuming <laughs> up cat hair and cleaning out kitty litter and saying <laughs> I have got to do something about this he's not going to find a home for this cat uh-huh. So that night I went roller skating for the first time in 35 years. Oh, my God. I went with a group of friends, and we were having a ball. It was such an experience kind of finding those those fearless legs again. And I'm bopping around the rink, getting a little more confident with each turn. And all of a sudden I get knocked over by a kid who I think in those days they were taking quaaludes and going roller skating, which is beyond my comprehension. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I hurt my rib, and my friends wanted me to go to the ER. I said, no, it's a rib. I'll just go home. And mm-hmm. I filled the tub up with water, mm-hmm. and I'm slinking in the hot water trying to get rid of the pain, and the cat's sitting at the edge of the tub looking at me like, you old fool, you. <laughs> and I got into bed, and I was really uncomfortable. And the cat, Angel, she came and she laid on my chest. And I just thought, well, that's cozy, but it's not really on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then she got off, took her front paws, put them exactly on the rib that was hurt, and purred so loudly my whole body vibrated as if I was wow. getting like general anesthesia. Wow. And I slipped into this almost barely conscious sleep uh and propped open an eye because then she jumped off the bed and threw up on the floor. Oh my god. So she like pulled all the pain out of me and released wow. it. Wow. So I looked at her and I said, Okay, Angel, it's you and me. Yeah, okay. And you the next week I was roller skating again. Oh my god. <laughs> so um I wow. this was my really introduction to the world of cats who okay. I thought were kind of a little aloof and mm-hmm. you know, not all that fun. <laughs> and I suddenly became quite a cat fan, as you can imagine. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I love that. And in the book, I also describe I later on um, adopted a, a shelter cat. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, again, I go to the uh, shelter and just talk to the animals and say, now, don't bark too loud or nobody will adopt you. Mm-hmm. And I would look at the cats and talk to all of them. And I walked up to a cage one day, and there was a little, a beautiful Himalayan. And I looked at her and I said, well, hello, Mushka. <laughs> and off we went to home. I didn't realize at the time she was pregnant. Oh! <laughs> um, <clears throat> she was about due to have her babies, and I was away teaching for a weekend. And I walked in the door with my suitcase, and she came out, and she gave me a talking to, like, wah, 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 where have you been? <laughs> and she went immediately, not to the place I had prepared for her, of mm-hmm. course, but she mm-hmm. went under my desk, which I thought was an interesting metaphor. Mm-hmm. And gave birth right then, the minute I walked in the door. She didn't even give me time to get a glass of water. Oh, my God. So then I had all these kittens as well <laughs> and had to find homes for them. So um, I and my acupuncturist now uh, has three cats, and I love it when I go there because she'll put in the needles and the cats, her cats will come and lie on me in between where she puts the needles <laughs> so I'm just such a cat lover. So the book grew out of my imagining of what it's like to be a cat, you know, because yeah. whatever I'm doing, you know, the cat's looking at you and, um, you know, just being being such a part of another world. So uh, in the book, I asked Angel, I said, so let me know what your world is like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did you know, Val, that when cats are sleeping 90% of the time, they're actually attending workshops? In the astral world. <clears throat> and what they're doing is learning how to cope with the stress of living with us humans. Wow, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love so that. In, in the book, I talk about how to give your cat a massage to oil or not to oil. That is the question. <laughs> and does your cat need yoga or catupuncture or cat <laughs> chiropractic or... Oh. Or an aerobic class, maybe, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. or maybe your cat needs to go on vacation to Catmandu <laughs> or the cat skills or whatever. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, very so cute. I, just, I am just such a cat lover at this point. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, and the book is very funny and has some very cute drawings by actually the woman who's now my acupuncturist did oh. the drawings. Oh my god. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh, it is so a very between cute us we're just cat nuts. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But I also have to tell you about my dogs. Yeah, tell me about your dogs. Is this, you're not all about cats. No, I'm actually a double Gemini. There are four of us here, so I'm all about <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> I was living with Angel and Wishka perfectly content in an apartment. And one day I was driving along the highway and I had what can only be called a vision of a white dog calling to me from the pound. And it was like I'd never had anything like this before or since. So I ignored it because I couldn't go to the pound. I lived in an apartment. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't have a dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was so strong, no matter what I was doing all day, it was like I was looking through this translucent white dog face. Mm. My my curiosity got the best of me. So about 10 minutes before closing, I went over to the pound and no white dogs. Whew, I was so, so relieved. <laughs> and then I even took the risk of looking at the puppies. <laughs> no white puppies. So I'm okay. hot footing out of there before I fall in love. And at the end of a, a row of empty cages, there is a um, huge Samoyed. And his name is is um, Coke, 
and he'd been turned in because the people couldn't handle him. Imagine naming mm-hmm. a dog Coke. I can't mm-hmm. imagine that dog's life. But mm-hmm. And it was his last day. They were going to kill him the next day. And I stood there. I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I took the dog. What else are you going to do? Oh, I my could... God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I had to move to a house because the landlord wouldn't let me stay in the apartment. Mm. And he was a nutcase for about a month, six weeks. And I just worked wow. with him unrelentingly uh, loving and firm, and eventually he became the most incredible dog. I mean, people would come by and went, can I take your dog for a walk, or can I just come by and pat him? And it's funny because I do hands-on healing work, and people would come in the door, and the dog, who I named Cloud Bear, by the way, would just go over and sniff exactly at the place where they were having pain. Yeah. So in a way, the dog helped me to diagnose uh, the people I was trying to help. Yes, yes. So we had a wonderful life together, and he went everywhere with me, and um, he became ill, I'm sure, from Camelon or something like that, and I Mm -hmm. took him to all the holistic vets and everything, and Mm -hmm. finally one day he let me know it was time. Mm -hmm. So we had a party, all the people who loved him, and I cooked him a filet mignon, and we put flowers in his collar, and... Yeah. In the morning, a friend went with me to the vets, and the vet said, did you want to be with him? I said, no, I don't want to remember him dead. I want to remember him alive. Yeah. <clears throat> so we uh, were waiting in the waiting room, my friend Nancy and I, and all of a sudden, this ball of sort of a peachy gold light hovered right in front of us. We both saw it. Wow. We looked at each other, and we looked back at it. And then it just kind of went up in the air and disappeared. Wow. And I knew that was Cloud Bear's spirit wow. saying goodbye to us. Oh, man. But then there was Molly. Oh. I didn't okay. do for long without a, without a dog. I answered an ad in the paper to adopt a gentle white shepherd. I had this thing about white dogs after loving yeah. the Samoyed so much. Yeah. And we were having a terrible ice storm, and it was like two weeks before I could even get to see the dog. But they kept her because I guess I talked about what a great life she'd had with me. Uh-huh. And I got there, and Molly, this very gentle shepherd, gets in the car. We went home, and she was the most evolved being I really have ever known. Wow. And she hardly ever barked her. You know, sometimes I'd catch her sneaking off the sofa. But she basically went everywhere with me. And then she, too, got sick eventually and um, did the same thing, you know, with the uh, holistic vets. I even had animal acupuncture for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one morning, <clears throat> the night before, she'd said a pretty pretty clear goodbye to me. And in the morning, I was trying to call the vet. I let her out, and she squatted and peed and came in and took a sip of water and died right at my feet. Oh. Oh. I was... I mean, it was hard as losing my mom. I mean, it was just unbelievably sad. Mm. So in my anguish, I called an animal communicator in Hocassin, Delaware, Mary Mm -hmm. Long. Mm -hmm. I said, so tell me, why did she go? What's going on and all that? I should mention that at this point in my life, which was 1999, I was severely ill with so many ailments, I'm sure I would have ended up in a nursing home with Alzheimer's. And nobody knew what was wrong with me. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I called Mary and set up a consultation. And she said to me, she said, I've never seen anything like this. She's like a giant white wolf. And she's 
she's sitting at the right hand of God. I was so astonished I forgot to ask her what God looked like. (laughs) (laughs) And she said that Molly's job had been to uh, help new spirits come to earth. I'm not sure if they Mm -hmm. were canine or human or just what they were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then something said to me, ask Molly about my health. So she did. Mm-hmm. And she said, Molly said, the problem is in your lower left jaw. Hmm. Wow. So I felt a lump there, and I went to my dentist, and he said, oh, it's nothing, but I'll send you to a specialist who said, oh, it's nothing, I'll take it out. Mm-hmm. It turned out that through my own research and talking to holistic people, that I was mercury poisoned from amalgam fillings. Mm, God. And I had been diagnosed by Molly from the world of spirit. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Mm. Oh, I get amazing. chills every time I think of it. Yeah. Ooh, so saved now my it, life. Uh-huh. Yeah. She yeah. saved my life, and uh, I began a long journey of healing. And, uh, you know, 11 years later, I'm healthier than I've ever been. Mm. And wow. Always, always. I have a big picture of here, right here on my bedroom wall. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I consider them my spirit guides, you know. Yeah. Well, and they are, as they are. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes I'm reluctant to tell people because I don't want them thinking I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but it's become so much a part of my life and such an important yes. part of my life that, yes. you know, if people don't want to hear it, okay, they can not listen. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just think that uh, there's something about you know, being able to connect with the spirit of an animal that is so, so, uh, I'm just so grateful that I've had that experience. Yes. And I still go to the pound and, you know, talk to the dogs. I can't have a dog where I am now, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I, uh, I just love dogs and, uh, yeah. I'm thinking about sneaking one in here. When you said that, oh yeah, there you go. Uh, when you said that, I thought, oh yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> so it was so great to meet you, and I'm really interested yeah. in in um, the whole area of animal communication because I think animals are really angels come to Earth to help us somehow. They are, yeah, and um, yeah. You know, I think it enhances our lives if we can learn to communicate with them. It, it changes our life in a dramatic and interesting way. How would you describe it? It opens up a whole new world that we didn't even know existed before. You know, we're locked mm-hmm. in a human viewpoint, um, and it, which is like walking around with blinders on and you know and if we deny the, our connection and energy and you know the way that we connect and our, have our consciousnesses you know that that touch us that um have information for us that have encouragement inspiration our it t- connects to our innate uh, intuition our inspiration you know our god-given mm-hmm. uh essence um and and that's true of all the beings around us uh human as well as animal Mm-hmm. And and even other sentient beings, you know. So right. uh, when we and open even, up, even that, invisible beings. Yes, when we yeah. open up that channel and begin to explore it, it is amazing the kinds of things that we find. Uh huh. You know, and it, and it just—it's like our animals are not just animals; um, they're yeah. beings with wisdom, and, and some of the some of the most profound truths 
I have ever encountered have not come from Einstein, Albert Einstein, or you know Tesla, or uh, any you know Aristotle, or any of those types. Um, they are, are the ascended masters or gurus, you know that kind of thing. But they've actually come through animals, through, uh, and you would never know it. I mean, I had a pig um, on a farm help me heal a migraine headache. You know, I've had um, animals give me clues and tips to improve my life. You know, insights into other uh-huh. other people. You know, for instance, this is a funny story you'll relate to. I know. Um, you know, back when I was married, my husband had, was a very kind of a troubled. Soul, <laughs> and um, he would often come home in a snit or in a mood, as we would call it. And what I learned to do is to ask the cats. So I would carefully stay out of his way, because I knew he could be a bit abusive and uh, prob- you know a trouble guy sometimes. And so I learned to stay out of his way. And what I would do is I would ask the cats to go check on him, because the cats were always safe with him, you know. And they would go in and they would either climb up in his lap and like, you know, like, uh, um, like Angel did with you, you know, kind of help you heal, kind of help mm-hmm. you sort mm-hmm. things out, relax, manage your stress, decompress, you know, shift your entire mood and energy and body mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes they would go do that and then they would come back and say, oh, he's fine now. And you can go mm-hmm. talk to him. He's okay. <laughs> or, or they might go back there and they'd peek at him and they'd take a, you know, they would kind of scan him and take a read and they would leave the room and come tell me to leave him alone. Ah. Don't, don't go back there. He's not in, he's not open right now. He's working on something. Um, it has to do with this or that or the other. I mean, they, they could be very specific. No um, kidding. Yeah, and sometimes so they were even, your 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 live-in catometers, huh? Our cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have them do cat scans, you know. <laughs> um, but they were always one hundred percent correct, and, uh-huh. they, and they would even tell me what he was struggling with, you know, and give me tips on what I might could do to help. Wow. Um, so you know, it's it's amazing when we invite um, our animals to connect with us at that kind of a level. Everything changes. Everything well, changes. The other thing I must tell you about Molly okay. that I forgot to mention is uh-huh. after Molly, I waited a while and yeah. went back to the pound and adopted a little uh, six-month-old Australian terrier. Ah. Mm-hmm. And um, she would not be housebroken for anything. Oh, she boy. She just wouldn't be. And she was adorable and cute, and I loved her, but she was driving me crazy. Yeah. So I called Mary again, and I said, we have to contact Molly again mm-hmm. to see Help. what we can do about this dog. And we did. And Molly said, don't worry, I'll take care of her. So somehow Molly worked with the little terrier, and within about two weeks she was all housebroken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in string theory and physics, they say that there are 11 simultaneous dimensions of reality wow. at any given time. So I think that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, some of us are able to just pierce that veil a little more easily. Yeah. But what I don't understand is people who don't like animals. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a theory about that? Um, my theory is that they've never known an animal. They're either afraid of them, um, which is often the case subconsciously perhaps, um, they're threatened by them. 
um, could be past life or, you know, some other influence that mm-hmm. way, uh, taught, you know, to not like animals. They, right. they never even examined them. it. Yeah, they never even examined whether they personally liked it. Maybe their mother didn't, you know, or right. their dad didn't or something. So it's a heritage of fear. Right. And, and then I think it also has to do with our relationship with ourself because I know that, you know, for all of my students and clients and people that are interested in, in communicating and opening those channels, in order to do that successfully, we have to, it's necessary, critical part of the process, we have to embrace our whole self. We have to be at peace with who we really are in order to understand and, and know them for who they really are. Uh-huh. So I that think that's makes part sense. Of and mm-hmm. I've always been puzzled by people I know who are practicing psychics whose lives are total disarray. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't you know? I didn't have confidence in yeah in their ability because they they weren't managing their own lives. Exactly, big yeah. clue, big clue. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one of those problems I think has to do with them not being grounded. You know, they get so far out into the woo-woo land, mm-hmm. right. you know, that they've lost their anchor. They've uh, they're uh-huh. not fully present anymore. And they're literally, like you said, they're not managing themselves in a fundamentally sound, a viable, you know, right. way. And, and you know, you look at animals; they are master teachers. I mean, you observe an animal, and they show us every day how to be grounded, the do the different things that bring balance into your mm-hmm. life. When you're mm-hmm. stressed, do this, you know. And you know, it, when you need to take a nap, take a nap. When you need uh-huh. to eat, eat. Uh, when you don't need to eat, I mean, listen to your body. Be connected to the earth, you know, the, 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 to others. Um, or, so, you know, they might lead us to a shaman cat. Who knows? That's, that's also right. in the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I also wanted to mention another thing about, um, uh, you know, I I've, I work with uh, publish, uh, encouraging writing and publishing some books of literary uh, merit by pri- people in prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of the prisons now have uh, a, a dog training program or puppies in prison. They call right. it different kinds of names. Right, I love that. And mm-hmm. the men who are able to be paired with a dog are the happiest people in the prison. Yeah. It's almost like through the dogs they become free, they heal. Uh, some of them are working with... Um, shelter dogs to train them to be companion animals and others are working with training dogs for uh being you know seeing eye dogs for blind people wow and they know they're only going to have the dog for a period of time but there's a special area in the prisons although unfortunately uh with the state of the world right now prisons are cutting back on pretty much everything but warehousing but there's a lot of people whose lives have been transformed. And even I was thinking the other day about Burt Lancaster in the old film, mm-hmm. The Birdman of Alcatraz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, you know, how important that bird was to him. Yeah. And the other film I thought about was uh, The Green Mile, I think it was. Right, I was just thinking that Mr. Bojangles was the little mouse. Yes, yes, Yeah, yes. wow. Wow, beautiful stories. Yeah. But, you know, and, and what I teach also and what I know, what's what I've been taught, is that connecting with animals at this kind of a level teaches us how to be better humans. I agree. I agree. Because 
first of all, they don't pay any attention to our egos or our degrees mm-hmm. or no. whether or not we're wearing fashionable clothes. Right. Uh, in fact, speaking of clothes, I once had a friend who had a, a golden retriever that she loved so much. I mean, she just adored this dog. Mm-hmm. The dog mm-hmm. was her life. She got her her house recarpeted in the same color as Sandy's hair. Oh, oh that's funny. <laughs> so there was no worry about dog hair on the carpet or anything. Now that's a clever solution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was a lovely shade of golden, you know, golden uh-huh. retriever. So. Oh, that's fortunate. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But I yeah. think, you know, uh, for people to overcome some aversion to cat hair mm-hmm. or, you know, what I had before I became a cat lover, which was uh, the kitty litter aversion. In fact, I have a part about that in the book, right, right. how to overcome eau de feline. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I discovered sticking a, a stick of incense in the kitty litter box really did the job. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. That's great. So how did you how do we overcome cat hair aversion? Uh we knit it into things. Uh-huh. <laughs> we collect it. And actually, you know what I did with uh Cloud Bear the Samoyed cuz his hair was a pretty amazingly uh, around everywhere. Uh I brush him and save it and then mm-hmm. I took him to a woman who had who had sheep and uh she wove uh, cloud bear's hair in with regular wool because it was too fine to just make into a regular thing. So I had this wonderful vest made, mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful except when it's rainy, I kind of smell like dog hair. <laughs> <laughs> but that way I keep a piece of the essence of cloud bear with me, yes. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Balls, I don't know. I haven't yeah, no, yet no, no, come no, up no. with something positive about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to pay a little bit part. for such unconditional love, I know, don't you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, man. Well, well thank well, you for the yeah. work that you do. And well, thank you, For too. allowing me a voice and to allow Angel a voice on, yeah. on yeah. your uh, program. Yes, I'm delighted. Um, so what would you recommend for people to do next? Um, I think that if they're, if they are interested in learning more about their cat's inner lives, that they need to buy the book, Cat's <laughs> yes. Secret Guide to Living with Humans. Yes, I love it. Um, if you don't have a pet, visit somebody who does and get to know them, or I really encourage people to go to the pound and see who you might want to take home with you. Yes. Uh, we're very lucky here. The local pound where I got all of my animals has uh, started a no-kill policy. And so I think that's great. Yeah. Um, people who are afraid of animals really need to look into it because these are, I mean, it, the, the, the witches, you know, used to call their cats their familiars. Yeah. And I call them our spirit guides because they're alert to um, other dimensions. Yes, they are. And they can warn us and they can protect us and they can heal us most of all. Exactly. Um, I will tell you one funny story about my friend John, who I think you're also going to be talking about. And his his dog, uh, Aurora, is quite an amazing creature. Yes. And I was away for a couple of weeks 
and I let John keep my car because he didn't have a car at the time. And he and Aurora were driving through McDonald's, and there was somebody in front of them driving very erratically. And Aurora was in the passenger seat, and uh, John paid at the uh, payment window and was moving toward the uh, pickup window. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this crazy woman starts backing up real fast and oh. coming toward the car. Oh, shit. Aurora leans her paw over and toots the horn. Oh! <laughs> Saving my car from being crunched. <laughs> oh my god, that's too funny. So you know, we think they're dozing. We think they're not no. noticing what they're doing. Uh-huh, I make uh-huh. a comment in, in, in the book about how you know cat, our cats are sitting there watching those of us who are on the internet doing porn. You know, and they don't know what to make of it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> oh, it's how funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's they, true, too, because they really do. They listen to our, they see what's in our mind's eye. You know, they listen to our thoughts, and they feel what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, and they also mirror us. So they'll act out for us what we're resonating with, you know, what we're holding on to. Um, and that could be illness or disease or a, a wound, you know, emotional or mental kind of dysfunction or or, mm-hmm. uh, or something that we're not at peace with. Right. Um, and they also like, I know Einstein likes to watch TV. He he thinks uh, Dancing with the Stars is a great show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I used to like it too, but I think it's gotten a little tacky. Well, you know, he, he, he doesn't like all of the dancers, but some of them he thinks are pretty cool. <laughs> He's a discerning dog. He's huh? a discerning TV watcher. <laughs> Some shows he gets uh, off to, and others he doesn't really care about. And other uh-huh. times, you know, he'll ask me. He'll come up and he'll say, "I don't get what's going on here. You know, don't understand why this is important. What's what's the storyline again, or what's the point of this? Really? Or, or or it'll spark a question, and he'll say, Ooh, what was that? I want to know more about that. You know, let's uh-huh. talk about this. So you just um, have regular conversations, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, um, I used to, uh, I, I'm an avid reader, a uh, book reader, and I remember reading a book ages ago, and I started noticing that every time I picked up this one book, that both of my cats would immediately come running and plop down beside me. And when I noticed that, I could actually converse with them. I said, well, you know, What's going on? <laughs> and they said, oh, we love the story. And I didn't even know that they were tuning in and listening and watching it through my what, eyes. And what book was it? It was Mutant Message Down Under. Oh, right. And it was, that's an, it's an amazing book. Oh, it is um, an amazing book. Yeah, it's oh, about the, the Aborigines yeah, and, yeah. Um, and their, you know, time wa- uh, walkabouts and their all their ma- amazing things about the Aborigine society, mm-hmm. um, and the cats were fascinated. They wanted to talk about certain topics. They would interrupt me in certain chapters and no want to discuss kidding. things. Yeah, it was very, like, very what cool. kind of things did they want to discuss? Um, I remember the one of the ones that stuck out for me uh, was when the uh, the person that there was a, I think it was a young boy or something broke their leg. And uh, they did healing and healed the boy's leg in a very quick amount of time. Do you remember that? Um, Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, it was an amazing healing story. Speaking of which, I mean, that's 
what the Aborigines did is largely what cats do because the frequency that cats use in purring is that same frequency of healing um, that the Aborigines tap into and others also. Um, wow. That's been scientifically proven from cats all around the world. They have actually done a research study uh, where they measured and fine-tuned that frequency, and it is the same frequency every cat around the world uses. It's also the same frequency that once scientists and researchers realized it and, and studied it, that they now use uh, to do um, healing for, for people who have broken bones or legs. They, you know, they, they have them wired now, and they send a frequency into that mm-hmm. bone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where that comes from. That's what the, the cats do. And so, anyway, it, that was exciting to them to find out that humans knew their trick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Now, uh, is that vibrancy uh, similar to the didgeridoo that they play? Um there is a connection, but I, I don't know. We didn't talk about that. But when I asked them now, uh, it's a similar uh, deal. Uh-huh. Um, my feeling is that the cat's purr has a little more variation in uh, frequency um, huh. depending on what's needed. So the didgeridoo is more of an inanimate object that creates the frequency, that sound, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the cats are a little more fine-tuned and focused um, uh-huh. And they resonate with the matter that they're focusing on. So, so cool, huh? I would like you to ask your cats, since you're able to talk to them right now. Sure. What lesson do they want us to take from them? What what what's really up for them regarding human beings right now? Uh, the first impression I get is that they're worried about us as a society. Uh huh. Um, and because we are. Uh, I'm hearing ungrounded and too mental. It's like we are progressing toward a complete mental state where we have divorced our body. We don't even know that we have a body. We're going so technical mental, Mm -hmm. you know, with computers and iPhones and iPads and, you know, all the technologies that we have now. You know, and and if you look at the kids and, and, you know, and and even younger people and us older too, um, it's like they're permanently glued in. They're, right, right. Got, I mean, and they ignore other people. They're not present at all. It's like mm-hmm. they, they have no presence. It's like a hollow body. Um, their their spirit or energy is yeah. so elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, very scary. Uh, yes, for it is. Sure. And one wonders what kind of relationships uh, they're going yeah. to grow up to have when they... Right. They have right. to text each other. I mean, I was at, I have 12 grandchildren, and uh, oh. one of my granddaughters was 17 a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we're all there with the birthday cake and big deal and singing and candles. Mm-hmm. She's texting while we're singing happy birthday to her. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, Very... it is frightening. It is frightening. It, it and, is. And yet, what yeah. can we do? Yeah. I um, guess we to... really need to keep the animals close by and... and yeah, we do. We need our animals close by because, you know, they don't let us get away with that 24-7. You know, they right. demand attention. And when mm-hmm. we give them attention, we play with them, we interact with them, they help bring us back to ourself. You know, they bring us yeah. back present. They norm- normalize and stabilize our blood pressure. They mm-hmm. help us with nervous system disorders. They help us feel ourselves again. 
you know, and I think, uh, you know, to me, the other thing to do is to simply have a no-tech time, you know, so every day you, you know, okay, that's it, now we do present grounding, you know, Mm -hmm. other type of foundational balancing activities, which includes animals and nature. Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely, and I so appreciated that about you when we were uh, phoning back and forth that you didn't uh, you didn't look at email or, or mm-hmm. yeah, voicemail I, after a certain hour, and I, right. I do the same, although I haven't been as formal about it as you. Right. I just do not call me after nine o'clock at night, no matter mm-hmm. who you are. That's right. Unless it's an emergency. Right. I I guess it's partly my age, but I just need so much solitude. I have so much to think about mm-hmm. and ponder. And right. you know, when I'm active, I'm like multitasking like crazy. Right. But I couldn't sustain that without really getting ill. Right. Right. Well, the other recharges our batteries. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And. So if we're grounded and fully present and we connect with animals and nature and we feel our body and we're, you know, we have healthy relationships that we can interact with, whether it's animal or people, um, all of that feeds our battery and juices us and connects us to our inspiration, our intuition, our flow. And then when we do computer activities or, or multitask, you know, with our work or jobs or stuff, um, then we're very highly functional and very effective. And when uh-huh. our effectiveness and functionality gets funky, <laughs> when you notice that you're going off or it's getting harder uh-huh. or you're not so in the flow or you're making a lot more mistakes. Or, or, or I call it whiny mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, a whiny mind. Yeah, uh, or whiny body. You know, your yeah. body's uh, getting anxious for attention just like your animal. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's a big clue. You know, it's like put the mouse down, back away from <laughs> Right. Take the headphones off, um, you know, and and go decom- go uh, recharge. Yeah. Or as Baba Ram Das said back in the day, I don't know if you remember hearing this, mm-hmm. but his whole thing was, "Be here now." And that's the message our animals give us every time we're with them: is uh-huh. "Be here now." Right. Even if we're astral projecting, even if we're uh-huh. meditating, it's still uh-huh. about. Be here now, because we can't do that if we're not connected. Right. You know, we, and I'm just like, thinking of one of the cute drawings in the book where uh-huh. uh, somebody's trying to meditate. Uh-huh. They've got a cat on their shoulder, another one <laughs> looping around. <laughs> but, you know, I think cats uh-huh. love meditation. Of course they do. It helps us get into their own state. Absolutely. You know, it helps us become more like them, and they like that because they think uh-huh. they're the supreme ultimate beings on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Which indeed they are. And they most likely are. <laughs> oh, oh, we're so blessed. We are we so are. blessed. We are. Yeah. Do you have any final words of wisdom or any other thoughts that you would Be like? Be here now. Be here now. Isn't that good? Be, be yeah. in this moment yeah. with yourself and, you know, let let your uh, shul- tight shoulders be wrapped by a cat. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's you, nice. Uh-huh. Use a cat on your on your. Uh, what's the uh, the regurgitation thing everybody has so much trouble with? Reflex. Reflex, yeah. Let your cat lie on your belly and your chest and just yeah. draw that stuff out of you. Absolutely. Because if we see them differently, it gives them an opportunity to open up some yeah. of their power for us. Yes, that's right. So I w- well I said. I want to learn more with you. 
I love it. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> we're go. We're working on it. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, thank, thank you. you. Okay. And, oh, uh, uh, let me give people um, contact information if they'd like to mm-hmm. find out more about sure. what you're up to. Again, your website is www.trustonekindness.com. T r u s t o n e k i n d n e s s dot com. Um, yeah. I also forgot to mention the kindness cards with oh, yeah. some of the people in my courses in prison. We've designed kindness cards, which we give out. We've given out 60,000 of them all around the world. Wow. And we're trying to start a global kindness revolution. Okay. So if Love people it. would like to get some kindness cards, they can go to the website. Excellent. Or they can uh, contact me by email, Okay. which would be Judith. At Sage Writers, S-A-G-E-W-I-R-T-E-R-S dot org. Okay. And I would love to hear from people, especially animal lovers. Yes, I love that. Thank you. So it's Judith at SageWriters dot org. Correct. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Judith. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I so enjoyed it. I did huh. too. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valheart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valheart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. <laughs>